access to participatory know it know it Welcome in, welcome in. You are locked in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Happy Tuesday. I hope that you are relaxed, chilling out on this good, chilly Tuesday night if you are in LA, Southern California, because it is cold. I'm going to continue to say it because for me, it's a problem, you know? And I just have to share because if I am suffering, Not that I want you to suffer, but I just want you to feel what I'm feeling in all things. Welcome into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. This is the show where we hit all the trending topics across entertainment, sports, lifestyle, and culture. With me, your host, Jill Monroe. We have a lot to get into tonight, as always. You know, 2024 has been a beast so far. We are only nine days in. And it just keeps happening. It just keeps rolling. I suppose that's life. But it seems to be a lot, a lot, a lot. So let me give you the topics that we're going to get into tonight and all of that good stuff. But before I do that, have you downloaded the app? Make sure you download the app so you can take us with you on the go. Also, hit us up on social media, KBLA1580. Hit me up personally. Stiletto Jill. I always love to hear from you guys. And, you know, we're on YouTube live and the chat is always lit. They have so much personality, a lot of good insight and a lot of interesting insight at times. And I appreciate all of it. So, you know, swing by there. We appreciate it. So, again, let me run down what we're going to be getting into tonight because it's a lot. First up. Tiana Taylor, you know, she's going through a divorce with Iman Shumpert. And in recent filings, she's accused him of being high while caring for his children and other things, just basically claiming he is an irresponsible parent. So we're going to get into a little bit about that. And, you know, were there signs prior to how much do we ignore? That's just a question. We'll get into that later. Also, second hour, we're going to get into, you know, our forever first lady, Michelle Obama. In a recent interview, she said, she's mentioned a few times in the past, that she and Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, should not be your couple's goals. So we're going to get into a little bit of why she said that and Are people realistic with their couple's goals, ideas? I don't think that they are. I don't think that people are realistic about the reality of partnership and working together towards something. But we'll talk about that a little bit. And in the third hour, goodness, Kelly Price. Kelly Price got on Instagram Live, I think it was. And, you know, also in the comments, and she had a lot to say about her former co-host, judges, alongside her from the show Sunday Best. You know, that is a gospel competition show, and she said that she has never talked about why she left the show. She was only there for two seasons. The show started in 2008, 2009, I believe. I worked on the early seasons of it when I was at BET. And they've had several judges come through. I'll let you know what judges were on with Kelly. But she said that all of the judges were fornicators. 
and scandalous. So I don't know, is 2024 the year of truth as some have proclaimed? Is it opportunistic? We're going to talk about all of that. And we're going to get into, you know, social media, as much as it has helped in a lot of ways, is a beast, a different type of beast. So um, Gabrielle Union is getting a little heat because some people found a couple of tweets that she had, that she had, excuse me, in her likes. And um, the content of them, eh, some people find a little questionable, maybe a little shady. So we're going to get into that. We're also going to talk about Ari Lennox. She has recently come out and spoken about her tour woes, the problems and issues that she had recently while she was on tour with Rod Wave. We're going to talk about a secret tunnel that was discovered in New York. And Mark Cuban, you know, he recently sold his share of the Dallas Mavericks. He has made billions from that sale. But the owner is doing something for his employees where they're going to get the bag, too. So everybody wins. We'll talk about that later. But before we do, you know, it hasn't even been a week yet since that Shannon Sharp interview dropped with Cat Williams, right? And we know that it has destroyed the Internet. But did you know that the interview is on its way to being the most viewed interview in YouTube history? Right now, it has about 37 million views. The most viewed video on YouTube is a Joe Rogan video from a few years ago, and it's right around 50 million, right? And it took it a while to get to that. Shannon has these numbers in less than a week. So um, I don't know. We'll see how long or if it takes him to overtake Joe Rogan, but that is incredible. That is amazing. Maybe it's just the power of truth. Something to think about. Listen, when we come forward, we're going to get into these trending topics and headlines, all of that and more, as usual, you know. RSVP with Joe Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Infusing a sense of fun and entertainment in every episode. You're listening to RSVP with Joe Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. More when we come forward. You were locked in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. So, you know, I was mentioning Shannon Sharp and how his interview is on its way to being the most viewed video interview on YouTube in YouTube history. Uh, right now it's at number two. And of course, he's drawn a couple of haters. But interestingly enough, Shannon addressed the haters in his nightcap show that he has with Chad Ochocinco Johnson. And he wouldn't say the name of the individual, but it's another sports figure, he said. And he said that this individual had some commentary about what they would have done in the interview and how they would not have done that. And, you know, Shannon said, but you didn't have the opportunity to do so. And this is true. And I'm surprised that Shannon and this individual would be beefing because, I don't know, just didn't seem like something I had on my bingo card, but who had Cat Williams becoming the number one interview, well, the number two at the moment, interview of all time out there in any capacity? Probably no one. So it is Steven Jackson from the All the Smoke podcast. And he said that, you know, he would have 
not let Kat go at his friends like that because he's friends with these people and all of these different things. And it's like, one, different interviewers had different styles. If Shannon had chosen to jump in and interrupt Kat's flow, we may not have gotten all the gold that we did. It was a choice. It was a choice he made in the moment and it worked for him. Two, I think what Stephen probably meant is that he might push back or challenge him on some of the points. And again, that's fine. But I mean, there's a wealth of information in that interview. And I mean, they could always do a follow up. There's a lot of information that's there. And it does sort of feel a little bit like sour grapes or maybe a slight bit of envy because all the smoke has been around for quite some time, it was one of the early athlete podcasts that dropped. So, you know, they're probably missing out. At any rate, let's get into a couple of these conversation starters. Netflix is coming back strong over the next couple of months. They have a documentary and a film coming that I think we all need to be, you know, checking out, interested in. I certainly am. The first is that they are doing a documentary on what they are calling the greatest night in pop that ever happened. And it is after, I'm not sure what number Grammy Awards, or actually it was the American Music Awards it was, but in 1985, January 1985, if you're a Gen Xer or Boomer, you remember this vividly. Artists got together, including Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie, Cyndi Lauper. I'm sure you've seen that clip online. Billy Joel, a bunch of other people a lot, produced by Quincy Jones. You know, some of the top figures in music at that time after the award show to record We Are the World to assist with the famine that was taking place in Africa at the time. I believe that's what it was for. At any rate, it was, you know, a movement in a moment. So there is a documentary that is going to be dropping on Netflix on how it all came together. It was 46 of the biggest pop stars in the world at the time. And there were a lot of personalities in the room and there were fights and things of that nature. If you haven't seen the meme or the clip online of Michael Jackson side-eyeing Cyndi Lauper from that night because of her singing her part, it's very entertaining, and I personally am curious to know at what point in the night did that exact moment take place. I want to know, like, was it early? Was it like 2 a.m. when everybody was about to fall over? Because they said they didn't walk out of there until 4 in the morning. So I think it's going to be very interesting. That's dropping soon, so look out for that. And also, the trailer was dropped today for Shirley, also coming on Netflix. And Shirley is the story of Shirley Chisholm. She was the first black congresswoman. And in, I believe it was 1971, 1972, she ran for president and was the first black woman to do so. And the film is led by none other than Regina King. And we know Regina King brings it performance-wise. If you, even the trailer, just looking at the trailer, you can see that this is going to be a powerful performance. I think that it is an iconic moment that maybe a lot of people aren't familiar with as far as history and who Shirley Chisholm is. So I think the opportunity to be able to see her story up close and personal and another great performance from Regina King is amazing. You know, we haven't really seen too much of Regina. She recently came out to... I believe it was for 
Ava DuVernay, Ava has a new film coming out entitled Origin, which will be dropping in a few, maybe in the next week. And Regina moderated a conversation with Ava, a Q&A following, um, I believe it was Ava, um, following a screening of the film recently. And so Regina suffered a personal tragedy a few years back. So we are happy to see her back and thriving and doing what we love to see her do. So we are going to make sure to get into that coming up, right? All right. Oh, I should mention the film also stars Lance Reddick, Lucas Hedges, Dorian Missick, Christina Jackson, Michael Cherry, Rania King, who is Regina's younger sister, Andre Holland, and a retired, but not Terrence Howard. I'm assuming that this was shot before Terrence decided that he was retiring as an actor. Although 50 Cent said that he was going to get Terrence Howard his money. You know, 50, here's the thing. 50 jumps in and he supports or seemingly attempts to support actors and actresses that have been done wrong. It just so happens it usually involves someone that he was in some sort of beef with or fabricated beef to create attention for whatever project he's working on. But if the person benefits, is it so wrong? You know, you wrestle with that because you know his intentions aren't necessarily all the way right. However... There's a benefit to it, not only for him, but to the actor or actress. We've seen him do that with Monique, a couple of others. He offered Taraji a role on Power, which I actually think she would be incredible for, but I don't know if it's something she wants to do. I don't know how she would look at that, but I think that, you know, if they could find the right thing for her, it would be great. So, you know, we'll have to see. Listen, there is a two-sport athlete in Indiana that had the internet all ablaze. Social media was lighting it up over the weekend. He and his twin sister won MVPs at a school tournament this weekend. He um, plays football and basketball. It's an Indiana All-State athlete. The school is Lawrenceburg High, I believe. But what has got everybody buzzing, right, is his name. So first name Noah, last name, I'm going to spell it for you. And I just want you to tell me how you would pronounce this. It is spelled K-N-I-G-G-A. And before you ask, yes, Lily White. And so, you know, the announcers kind of had a field day. Some of them was just like, I think he was wearing number 10. They were like, and 10 scores. They were kind of avoiding it. Maybe they weren't sure. But everyone wanted to know, what is the real pronunciation of this kid's name? So Robert Griffin III, RG3, he went and interviewed the family to find out what their name was and he put a clip online and it's kind of funny but in some ways I'm not sure I, I I'm not sure if I want this type of humor from RG3 I don't know I probably really don't have a right to feel that way 
but I do. So listen, how you pronounce his name is Kanega. Kanega. That is the pronunciation of it. But um, I'm sure it's an interesting journey. I don't know if he is, you know, D1 prospect, expected to go to the league or anything like that right now. Again, he and his twin sister won MVPs at the tournament that took place over the weekend in Indiana. So he's hooping. They both are. And we, there's also football. But can you just imagine him getting into the league? Somebody's going to slip up. All right, listen. Tiana Taylor and Amon Shumpert. Well, wait, before I get into that, I really want to share this with you because I think it's important. You know, the Super Bowl is a little less than, what is February 11th, so a little more than a month out, about 32 days away. And if you are thinking about going, how much would you be willing to pay for a suite in Allegiant Stadium? Well, the Winfield Club and it's just what it sounds. It is a suite that is right in the sight line of the field. It is located behind one of the goalposts. I'm not sure if it, um, which end of the stadium it's located, but it's behind the goalpost. And a VIP booth at the front of the booth seats eight people. The price tag on it, $700,000. $700,000. $700,000 to watch the Super Bowl for eight people. That doesn't even make sense to me. How much alcohol and food are you possibly going to consume in that moment? And really, if you think about it, I don't know if you've ever sat in a suite um, for football that are low to the ground like that. It's not really the best view. You're really going to spend most of the time. It's more for social. It's more for partying and to look good. But if you care about the game, you're probably going to want to be, you know, in a higher up suite. So if you have an extra almost three quarters of a million laying around, go ahead and pull up and get that in Vegas. Okay, so Tiana Taylor and Iman Shumpert, you know, there's been a lot of accusations that have come out once the divorce documents seemingly were unearthed because of Amon's filing where he did not utilize their initials, right? And since then, we've learned a lot about the latter part of their relationship. So TMZ attained documents regarding their divorce, and Tiana is claiming that Aman does not properly care for their two daughter, two daughters, excuse me, Junie, who is eight, and Rue, who is three. She says that he smokes weed around the girls all the time. He's always under the influence when they're in his care. She said that he has failed to feed the girls while they were in the family home. And additionally, she said that he placed the girls, remember they're eight and three, in a ride share alone and had them dropped off at the United Center in Chicago. And he had a separate driver take him to the arena. And she believes that he consistently demonstrates a clear disregard for their safety and of the minor children. So 
being that, of course, now we know all the details, do you think that it was in Tiana's best interest back in September when she released the statement saying they were best friends and, you know, they're having an amazing co-parenting? Do we care more about the appearance of or keeping the business in-house? I just wonder because it's so much pressure and there's so many ways. I mean, she did take care and through whatever happened with Iman, the information got out there. But should she have just avoided saying anything? Should she have just taken maybe Beyonce's approach and never reply to anything? We're being inundated with so many details of so many things. And I know this is a trending topic show and we discuss these topics. So I'm including myself in this and, you know, they're fun and they're interesting and we get a laugh. But at the end of the day, there are children involved. This is their real life. And this is very different now. Kids have access to so much information. People are mean. I tell you guys this all the time. Social media has really, I I know people have always been mean, but social media has made people feel as though they can say anything at any given time to anyone and it is their right to do so. It is their right to be able to be rude and have commentary. You're entitled to an opinion, but sometimes the antics are kind of icky. I'm not sure. So I don't know what would be the best approach as far as children in this era and protecting them, at least from your end. You can't control outside things from all of the, you know, information and hate that comes with online these days. Tiana's kids are school age and kids, they know how to work the Internet even with parental controls. And even if they don't do it at your house, chances are good that one of their friends has access to the information that parents don't want them to receive. So I just wonder in this new era, you know, Carrie Washington, she seems to have a handle on privacy. They never reveal anything until that book. But sometimes I wonder, is it a choice or do people regret the openness that they led with, so to speak, during the social media era to ensure on the other side that their career popped off. There's no judgment in that, you know, we all, well, maybe not we all, but a lot of people, me included, are into, you know, using utilizing social media for various means. But I just wonder how 10, 20 years from now, Are we going to look back on it? Listen, when we come forward, we're going to get into more trending topics and headlines. We're going to talk about those tweets that Gabrielle Union allegedly liked that has people in an uproar, uproar, slow down, (laughs) looking at her a little sideways. We'll get into all of that. More trending topics and headlines. You're locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. RSVP with Jill Monroe is your go-to show for staying in the know. More engaging conversation when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome back in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. That's a little Tiana Taylor. She's coming back with new music. I know she said she was retiring, but, you know, 
we now know that likely had to do with what she felt would be the best move to make for her marriage because her career made her husband insecure. So now she's going to do her. So congrats to her. Um, so listen, before we get into this Gabrielle Union story, let's talk a little bit about Ari Lennox. Ari Lennox went on tour last summer with artist Rod Wave. And she said it was by far the worst experience she's ever had on tour. She said that she was never comfortable. She remembers just at every show racing to get off stage, racing to get through her set. It's really low vibrational. Let's take a listen to what she had to say. Life. I was never comfortable. I was I, I just remember every show just racing to get off stage, racing to get through my set. And then I found a spot where I was comfortable and I started trying to communicate with the audience. And then when I realized they were getting angry at me affirming them, I was like, okay, this is You're getting angry that I'm affirming you. This is not my crowd and it'll never be. And that's all right. That's all right. You know what I mean? So it was tough. Like it was tough and it was heavy on my soul, like feeling that energy, especially the day when the bottle happened, because that side of the stage, like I felt the energy. I wasn't surprised that it happened. I felt it. It was, first of all, it was just all darkness. That's literally the energy that was coming from the left side. So um, I guess there's an incident where someone threw a bottle on the stage at, I can't remember, there's another female rapper that was opening a tour. And we've talked a bit about fans and their reaction to live performances and some of the activities they've been throwing things. And I think that there is something too, what do you do as a new artist when you're offered a tour and it's opportunity, but when you feel it's not a fit with the artist? Though Rod Wave sings, he's kind of like, um, you know, it's not in the same vein as I would think Ari's crowd would be. You know, Ari's crowd is Shea Butter Baby. His crowd is a little more, <laughs> Andy said hood. I didn't say it. That's what Andy said. <laughs> Listen, I don't know what the description is. Um, I I only know maybe a Rod Wave song. I can't say I know the name. I enjoyed it. I know he's a thing. I, I feel like, you know, hood people express their emotions and like R&B too, right? So they should have a representative, but maybe not that mix of Rod's crowd and Shea Butter Baby's crowd. Andy? How about Street? Street. I like, okay. Street's better. You like Street better than I hood? I like Street better than hood. That's what that is. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little street, a little, little rougher around the edges. Ari's a little bit softer, but the thing is, is that sometimes fans you know, maybe they didn't want to chill vibe and to be affirmed before the street stuff happens. Some people do, and they're vibing with it. But I would imagine I, Rod Wave isn't a sex symbol, per se. <laughs> so I don't think that his shows would have a lot of women in attendance, you know, even though he sings 
emotional street songs, I guess. Is that how we should term it? I'm not sure how we should break it down. But, you know, I mean, it's like a ghetto love story. Like we used to say back in the day. Who had that song? I think it was the Lost Boys, maybe, or something like that. But anyway, um, I, I just think that it's got to be hard because obviously you want to introduce your music to different audiences. And just because they're a Rod Wave crowd doesn't mean that they can't appreciate Ari. That's called, you know, being multifaceted. And there's lots of people that like all different types of music. But I do think in a concert environment, it's got to be tough. I mean, would you like to see a show like that, Andy? Like what, Rod Wave? Rod Wave and, and Ari. Like Ari opening for Rod Wave. Maybe I'd, I'd go see Ari. Um, don't know too much about Rod Wave. But, I mean, if you're talking like my era, I wouldn't mind going to go see a Method Man and a, a Mary J. Blige or a Jay-Z and Beyonce. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I, I see that. I just, I get that. But I feel like those make more sense than Ari and Rod's crowd. I mean, Ari seems more, her crowd seems more crystals and sage and woo-woo. You know, like she said, the audience didn't want to be affirmed. <laughs> you know, how is someone sending you blessings and good tidings? And you're like, boo, move, move. It's not nice. It's mean. But, um, you know, again, got to be rough for artists when they're trying to break in. And that touring thing is so important to their bottom line as well. Is it is it really the type of crowd, though? Because if I'm not mistaken, they threw a bottle at Drake. They yeah. threw a bottle at Cardi B. Um, I don't know what other artists recently, but it just seems to be a trend going on. The past couple of years, artists are, uh, you know, being attacked. 50, right? Yeah, 50. I do think that fans have kind of gotten out of control. I think that it it is a snapback kind of of the pandemic. I really do. I think the pandemic for some having to shelter in place for whatever time period they did, you know, did something and they're acting out. I, but I do think it is a mix of crowds. If you were going to like Charday and Jay-Z, would you I might want to do it. I definitely would go. I would go, but do you think the crowds... Well, Jay-Z's an older artist, so it's different. I think, one, you're dealing with youth, right? And so that brings out a different element inside. And I'm just saying, if they're there to get turned up, maybe they would want it in reverse, right? Like Rod opening and Ari closing, you know, kind of as the wind down to set the night up. I'm not going to say switch it. Yeah. Have Ari... Have Close Ari, the show. No, no, no. Have Ari start the show. That's what is happening. Oh, it is? Yeah, it's Rod's tour. She was opening for him. And that's why I'm saying it's tough as, you know, an artist trying to catch a wave and expose yourself. I think that that kind of doesn't work. If they're going to do that then, then it sounds like people would leave then. If they're throwing stuff at Ari and they don't want to hear whatever she got going on, I don't know if people would stick around. I don't know if they threw... I think they were just mean to her. I think they threw stuff at Bia, actually. I think it might have been Bia. It's another artist. It's but an unfortunate situation. It's an unfortunate mix, and you guys got to start being nicer to your performers. They are touring out there. And I was about to say, man, let's not use the uh, the pandemic as an excuse. Like, um, you guys were locked down. We were all locked down for what? It felt, like, it felt like two years. We should be a little bit more appreciative of being out and, and you know, being at these type of venues. Like, you, 
Yeah. <laughs> Connecting and touching each other. Listen, on the other side, we'll get into these Gabrielle Union tweets. And um, did she confirm that she doesn't care that you guys are mad at her tweets? We'll get into all of that and more on the other side. You're locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Trending topics and the hottest happenings. You're listening to RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. You are locked in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. So I kind of wonder, what makes people go and check someone's social media likes? I'm not talking about someone that you're dating or something like that. I'm talking about a famous person or someone that, you know, there's no real reason for you to be diving into that content. And randomly so. Like, do you make a list? Like, I am concerned about these five individuals and I check their likes and follows on a bi-weekly basis or something? I don't know. But somebody, somebody decided to check out Gabrielle Union's likes on Twitter. X. But it's really Twitter. And she had a couple of tweets um, that she hit like on that has got people buzzing. One of the tweets was a retweet of Vivica Fox's TMZ interview where she stated that she didn't have the same problems that Taraji is discussing as far as her career and the pay disparity. So someone, and we talked about this a bit last night when we covered this topic, retweeted that and said, she hasn't experienced Taraji's success either. Next. And we already went through why I feel that that is false and not true and just, you know, conversation. Don't let the things that Vivica is doing now in her 50s make you forget that she was a 90s it girl. I'm going to run some of the list again to you including Kill Bill, Independence Day. She was in Batman and Robin. She also was in Curb Your Enthusiasm. She was in Ella Enchanted. So let's not do that, okay? Let's not downplay. And she's also producing, writing, and directing. You know, everyone has their own story. I do understand how some can feel that if you're not helping the cause, maybe not say anything. I I understand that, but why is she not entitled to share her experience as well? She didn't disparage Taraji, and she said she loved that they're standing up and doing that. And as I mentioned last night, I don't know if it has something to do with the fact that they worked together on Empire and were sisters, in fact, on the show. So maybe there's something that is amiss in the relationship. I don't know that to be fact, but Gabby liked that tweet. She also liked a tweet that um, was from the interview, and it said, Jonathan Majors on Megan Good. She's an angel. She's held me down like Coretta Scott King. And the person retweeted it and said, I've never seen someone with a civil rights fetish. She also liked a tweet 
that um, I I can't remember what song this is or what artist where he says, I need me a Coretta in it. And it was like Jonathan Majors, Nobody, and whatever. Andy, do you know a song that is? And I'm going to need Coretta Scott if I want to be king. I'm a movement by myself. No, 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 no. Not fabbing that. No, no, no. This is something else. It is, oh my gosh. I don't know. I'm going to find out the name of the song. It's not that. It's a newer song. Um. And so she liked that. So a couple of shady tweets, a couple of other ones were there's a picture of Coretta and MLK and someone added in Photoshop, Jonathan Majors in there smiling. And then there's a picture of Coretta pointing. And you know how Beyonce says she ain't no diva. And then they have a picture of Megan. And so Gabrielle has presumably, I mean, there's screenshots, but we know Photoshop is a thing, but I'm going to go with they might be real. First, I was like, ah, maybe they're not real. But I think they're real. I know at least one of them, when you went back and checked, it wasn't there anymore. It had been unliked. So I don't know. Um, Andy, you look like you had something to say. <sighs> <laughs> I feel like this question is going to be controversial. But do you feel like uh, the government should monitor social media activity? I mean, they already like, do. I mean, they do, but like, <laughs> like, I don't know, just people creating memes and stuff like that. I remember there was this big uproar about uh, considering, you know, it's about to be MLK Day, mm-hmm. uh, I believe next week. Yes, um, Monday the 15th. I don't know if it was last year or two years ago. Like, there was just this uproar about people using his image for, you know, promoting parties yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, how do you have Martin Luther King with a blunt in his mouth? Like, you know, just the stuff disrespect. like that. Just the disrespect. So it just... But where do you stand on satire and parody, though? I don't mind satire and parody. I don't. So do you think that these memes and some of these things fall under that? For me, me, it'll be, you know, funny. But I can see how somebody else could Could view it as disrespectful. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I feel that way, too. It may not be my choice. It may be something, you know, maybe you joke about with friends and quiet. But I don't know. If I would put that, and again, this is no critique. I'm not, you know, talking mess about anyone. I just don't know if it would be my choice. And this has nothing to do with Gabrielle. This is a separate issue or what have you. But I don't think that it was an accident. And Gabrielle seemed to double down because her most recent post to Instagram is a photo of her walking away and you know someone's guiding her and she's looking back over her shoulder and it says help or get out of the way we got work here we working here so um sounds like shade to somebody (laughs) you know um and I think though people are a little bit overreacting about her liking the Jonathan Majors thing they're jokes that just like you know you guys like a funny meme she might too now the thing with Vivica and Taraji that's something else and maybe she feels like again as some have said if you are not going to help the movement don't say anything and I can certainly understand that sentiment, but I also am leery to say someone shouldn't be able to speak their personal truth just because it doesn't align with what you feel is the best thing for you. So we will have to see how this all shakes out. Um, you know, Vivica has not followed up and responded in any way as of yet. Neither has Taraji, but 
you know if they do, social media will be watching and they will alert everyone and I'll alert you too because, you know, I'm going to make it tight. I'm going to make sure. So, goodness. You know, I wish that everyone had someone that they worked with like Mark Cuban, right? I wish that for us all. I wish that for you, Andy. I wish that for me. So we know Mark Cuban sold the Dallas Mavericks, although he will remain as, I believe, their president of basketball operations. or it's a, I forget the exact title. Shout out to Nico Harrison, who is over there. He is their GM. I can't remember Nico's title. He's the head of basketball and Cynthia Scent, but he used to work with Nico back in the day. So anyway, um, he sold the Mavs billions of dollars and he sent an email to his employees all the maps employees informing them that he plans to give out 35 million dollars in bonuses to his um, team everyone that is employed with the maps after he sold the majority of his stake he said that it's an amazing organization and each one of those individuals will receive a bonus from himself and the Adelson and Dumont families who also, you know, benefited from the sale. He said in total they'll be paying out $35 million in bonuses. To calculate the bonus, they used a framework that includes how long they have worked for the Mavs into consideration. So, I mean, listen, that's nice. That's thoughtful. I mean, but if you're getting billions, you could spread the love around. But I, I do think that it's important that he showed love and appreciation to the staffers because a lot of times they're overlooked in all of these big dealings and wheelings. And they're the cogs that make the machine go. Andy. I forgot where I heard this from, but it was one of the basketball podcasts. <clears throat> and they talked about how um, uh, even though. I forgot what player it was, but even though they weren't on the Dallas Mavericks, anytime they played at Dallas at the Mavericks, um, the food that they were presented with was like immaculate. Mm. I mean, you're getting like uh, a trip to Ruth Chris Have or whatnot. Have you seen those locker rooms? I haven't seen the locker rooms. Amazing. But they pretty much everybody loves going to Dallas, even though we're on the road playing against them because they treat them well. Mark Cuban knows how to do it. He, you know, treat the visitors well when they come because they could be your free agent of the future and you want to make a good impression. And low key, maybe that's one of the reasons why Dallas is kind of doing a thing right now. Kyrie seems to be comfortable now. Pretty comfortable. I think Mark Cuban is an is a understanding owner, especially yeah. considering the controversy that that Kyrie brings. I mean, Mark Cuban and is Mark controversial Cuban, himself. Exactly. That's just what I was going to say. So he definitely understands that. And I think it's also good for Kyrie to be in a a minor major city if that makes sense, you know? I think that that is something that works out well for him so that he doesn't have to be in the mix or attract that type of attention he can sort of be more for himself well listen next hour we're going to get into michelle obama's comments that she and barack aren't couples goals and we have more trending topics and headlines of course all of that and more on the other side you're locked into rsvp with joe monroe here on kbla talk 1580